Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi everyone and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's mental health podcast. I'm Yvette Castor and today I'm talking to Molly McCann, aka Meatball Molly. She's a top athlete, a UFC star and an MMA icon. We're going to be chatting about PTSD, sport and staying mentally fit. Mixed martial arts is a combat sport full of four to five Olympic disciplines. Each round is scored via the 10-8 scoring system the same way as boxing with effective damage and control being the main point of how to win the round. Um, What drew me to the sport is I grew up within and around combat sports, but more traditionalised sports like karate. And um, one day I was watching the UFC and I seen Ronda Rousey fight and I thought, why don't I give that a go? Brilliant. Um, can you tell me a bit about your background, life growing up, and also how you grew to sort of really love this sport and, and get really serious about it? Um, I feel as if it's quite generic in terms of most combat athletes grow through adversity. Um, most boxers or MMA fighters have probably had a real tough beginning start of life. Um, we didn't have, honestly, it's a really cliche start. We didn't have a lot of money. Um, it was really tough growing up in the 90s, the same as everyone else had it with the recessions. Uh, addiction was a big thing. I feel like there was a lot of uh, drink, drugs and gambling around when I was growing up the same way as everyone else's. Um, start of life was in the area that I'm from. And um, I just feel like combat sport gave me a safe space to train it gave me a routine and it gave me a purpose and um, I, I feel like that was just the through what life had given me um, the skills to overcome a lot of adversity 
sometimes the, the training of MMA and the competing is a lot easier than what life sometimes was and is. Mm. Um, I also wanted to ask you a bit about what it's like being a woman in MMA. I'm sure you get asked that a lot, but what are your thoughts on it now? Um, if you'd really like me honest answer, there is no women's MMA and MMA really within the UFC and many other promotions. It's just fighting and it's just MMA. I feel like in different sports, um, I don't know, is it called female gymnastics or women's gymnastics? I'm not sure. It's just been, since I've started combat sports or should I say martial art, mixed martial arts, I've been treated the same way as what men have a lot of the time. I literally said there's been an odd time when, I don't know, I haven't been shown or given the same respect as what a man would, would because of a, a, a male's perception of what women should be and should do, but uh, it, it's never been in, in the settings of America or the UK or in Ireland. It, it would be when I'd be in different countries who sometimes the way they treat women isn't the same in our culture as it is in theirs. So um, I've probably, in MMA, had it quite lucky where the equality has been the same, but obviously in, in other combat sports many years ago, when 16, 18 years ago, when I tried to do boxing, um, sometimes girls wasn't even allowed in gyms. So um, that was tough, but I suppose I just always liked the... If someone said no, I suppose I was just uh, arrogant enough to try and make them say yes. So would you say like the sports or, or sport in general has come a long way in terms of you know, promoting female athletes and kind of getting behind them in the same way that they would men? Yeah, I don't want to sound rude to you as that as being a question, but I don't feel like it's warranted anymore. I feel sometimes, obviously, journalists need to paint a picture and try and create a narrative sometimes, but obviously you're going to get your stereotypical people who just don't like women in sport, and that's because of their own personal views or their religious views or their culture but predominantly like you look at the lionesses you look at the uh, the english rugby cricket wimp british fighters in boxing and in mma i feel like we are we're on every advert we're in every um our, our football team does better than our mate the men's team do you know what i mean like we mm. as a national squad like we are there and I don't know that stadiums are full when women fight, stadiums are full when women play football. I, f I feel like it's a real positive time and I feel like we should speak positive on the change that has come as opposed to always still putting it down, if you know what I mean, or still speaking about the old times because I feel like the trailblazers now are doing such a good job and sponsors like you. Yeah, your sporting sponsors like your Nikes, like your, your Adidas, like your Pumas, like your Venoms, in in the like your Everlasts, everyone's being treated the same because we are the same. So I, I'm feeling really positive about it and what I do. I, I know that might not be the case for other sports, so maybe I shouldn't be as ignorant to that. But in combat sports, it is really, it is really there and thereabouts. Great. 
Um, so I host a mental health podcast. This is what sort of this is for. Um, I wanted to ask you a bit about how you look after your mental health leading up to a fight, also during the fights and afterwards. Yeah. Um, I've never been asked that before. Can you believe that? That's, no, I am quite shocked by that, actually, because it does seem... I've, I've talked to a few elite athletes, Dame Kelly Holmes, for example, and it does seem like a really... Looking after your mental health is a really big part of training, it seems. But that would be as a sport, that, that my sport's been around and alive in the public eye for 30 years. So we're, we're now in a time where sometimes the sport's not that unforgiving because the purest and the people who really understand the discipline and how hard it is to train help you through it and work you through it. And martial arts is a lot about the spiritual journey and about meditation and about being really at one with yourself and understanding who you are as a person, not, not just an athlete or just a fighter. But I feel like we're in a world now people don't give a flying fuck about your your feelings just because you're in the public eye you can be spoken to or like however people want like like a piece of shit on your shoe like the, the way in which people would speak to me in in my most triumphant moments or in my lowest moments is absolutely disgusting and I feel like that's the part where athletes especially footballers now you're seeing it like people won't enjoy what they do anymore because fans and spectators feel as if that they've just got a god-given right to speak to you and about you however they want and i feel like that's the part which i've had to learn to um to look after the most and mm. ways in which i just do a lot of grounds and techniques i speak to someone more on a spiritual level as opposed to a sport psychologist level because I feel like I've done that a lot younger and I'm aware I've done it I understood it at university like I'm aware of that part but um yeah looking after you is the most important thing and in my career the highs and the lows have been the highest astronomical highs and the lowest of the lows and um it's just it, yeah it's been really learning how to to deal with them moments to not always take them so personal and to ultimately the only thing that matters is your health, your friends and your family and, and your passion and um and doing good. And just as long as I put my ducks in, in line and in a row and make sure that I look after me and I don't worry about what anyone else thinks, then my mental health tends to be in a really good place, even in a loss as long as you're okay and who you are, what others say about your performance and about you doesn't matter. But when you're not okay, um, or the the obsession of the pursuit of, of greatness outweighs like um like a healthy lifestyle and, and and you start to do things that you probably think you shouldn't be doing, that's when you need to just have little words with yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like you know, like women footballers used to have a problem with like and fe and athletes fighters have a problem with body dysmorphia. So like how they're eating and then the full process of well, if I eat this, I need to eat to train. But if I eat that, that's a carb and that's gonna make me fat. Even though it won't, this is how people are programmed and conditioned to think that sometimes they've got to break the cycle. Mm. Everyone has to break their own cycle. So I think it's the most important thing that that's as important as training physically 
is training mentally and training your mind for that. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah. And my final question, um, I mean, I love to talk to you for ages, but um, what would you say to anyone listening who's um, struggling with any of the things that you've been through? Um, I know in the past you've talked about PTSD and also um, struggling with your, your family's addiction. Yeah. Um, so do you have anything to say to people who are basically struggling like that at the moment? I feel like um, other people's shame isn't always your shame. And what you've grown through, if it wasn't your fault, but you was involved in the mix some way, then you don't have to carry that burden with you. Um, I feel like always try and just own your situation the best way that you can. And if you are struggling, a problem halved is a, a problem shared is a problem halved. And um, I seen a really um, poignant. Um, like analogy on Instagram of all places um this morning and it was Dr. Alex and like the Love Island guy and I don't ask me why I seen it but I don't know but he just said look this issue the issue in my brain is this one match and um and he broke the match and he was like sometimes that's like how weak you can be when it's just you and then he put like a couple of matches together and that was to say like if you tell a couple of people and then he tried to break the match. It was a lot, a lot harder to break. So he was just saying, like, sharing your problems with other people helping you. Um, it takes away a lot of the stress and a lot of the pain. So as cliche and as as boring as it is to say, have a conversation with someone. People are always there to listen and people will always there to help. When you think that there's no way to go and your back's against a wall and you're in between a a wall and a hard place that you've always find someone it's good Samaritans everyone like you you've just got to put it into Google when you're feeling that low and and um and yeah and someone will always be able there to help you talk you through your tough times or to give you coping strategies and coping mechanisms to get through it all if you've been affected by any of the issues we've been chatting about today please give the Samaritans a ring on 116123 if you've enjoyed the show, please give us a rating. Five stars would be great. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook group called Mentally Yours, and we're also on Twitter at MentallyYRS. See you next time. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.